Hello and welcome to episode 302 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fan's weekly podcast of many topics. I'm Mike Solosi, and I just took a vacation 100 years ago and thousands of miles away. We played the recent game, The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Uh, and, but before we go into more details, let's, let me tell you who's with me on this journey. It is Nikki Fakuri. Hello. And Jono Logan. Hey, Solosi. Uh, Nikki and Jono, um... We played The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles very recently, but, uh, Jono, you played it considerably earlier because this is not exactly recent for these games. Uh, these were two 3DS games released in 2015 and 2017. Uh, they are the uh, most recent games in Capcom's Ace Attorney slash Gyakuten Saibon series, uh, diff- at different times called Phoenix Wright or Apollo Justice or Miles Edgeworth Investigations. There's about a dozen games in this series. These are the most recent two. The fan base has been thirsty for these since they came out in Japan, but we finally got them in July of this year, and now we're here to talk about them. But, uh, Jono, you uh, even wrote a a review of a fan translation of the first one some time ago, so you're well acquainted with these uh, uh, before this newer release. Is that right? Yeah, uh, back in the back in the before times of January 2020 I imported a copy of the first game and a fan translation group called Scarlet Study uh did a full translation of the first game and it was you know it was theirs and they they put a lot of work into it and to be frank it was a pretty darn good translation they even included plenty of Sherlock Holmes puns right there in their studio name yeah exactly um they knew what they were doing they loved Ace Attorney uh I think some of the people that were involved in it were also involved in the Ace Attorney's investigation to fan translation, uh, which is also very, very good. But yeah, so I imported a copy of the game for the 3DS, and uh, I figured out how to uh, how to do the uh, the patch for the text, and it was great. Unfortunately, it was only the first game, uh, which means that it ended on a cliffhanger, which we will be talking about soon. And I imagine, could you two imagine finishing the first game and then just being like, okay, that's it. No more for you. Uh, that would have been frustrating. I don't know if quite maddeningly frustrating is is where I'd go, uh, only because they do give you like a villain to lock up and an intrigue to resolve in the final case of the first game. But they open way more doors than they close. And the second game... Um, has a much stronger finale and resolution to uh, to those threads. But uh, uh, Nikki, um, is this your first time playing Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, or did you uh, mess around with translations or the Japanese versions of the 3DS games? No, this is my first time. The only thing I knew going into this game, uh, one of them was a lie that actually turned out to be true, and the other thing was leg. Uh, yeah, Nikki, I'm basically in the same boat. I, I uh, did not play the 3DS games. I was holding out hope for uh, for translations of them. I even, uh, let, let's say, bugged slash needled some E3 employees at the Capcom booth at a, a, a couple E3s ago. Uh, but they they would not say anything. They're, they they were they didn't want to get fired. Um, but I knew a couple things like char- a couple character pro- portraits. I definitely accidentally spoiled myself on uh, a few character turns, but not ev- but not every single surprise. And uh, but I was really excited to play these when um they came out as a package deal for multiple systems, not just the 3ds. Uh, I, I ended up playing these on Switch, and I. These are the best, or at least in my opinion, these are the best Ace Attorney games in several years. Uh, almost every Ace Attorney game is really good, especially if you go in with the right expectation. Like, like, don't treat this as a serious lawyer sim. This is a, uh, this is a visual novel with some, uh, with some word puzzles and some uh, law and investigation themed 
you know, adventure game exploration elements and puzzles, uh, very structured ones that haven't changed all that much in almost 20 years, but like, it's just a really good one of those. I had so much fun playing this one through through to the end. And I did the last couple cases in only one or two sittings. I was riveted. Uh, but, but, um, Jono, you've had a couple years to ruminate over these. Uh, what's your overall impression of this duology? Uh, first off, if I'm looking at it from a consumer point of view, oh my God, is this a value? You get two full length Ace Attorney games, plus a, just a massive amount of additional content. Like they've taken, uh, promotional videos. They've taken, there's, uh, like there's in the sound player, in a usual sound player, you get like, a, you know, a couple of the songs from the game. In this sound player, you get unreleased cuts and alternative versions of the songs from the game. So you get to hear really like where the developers were going and how to play. And there's just, in a lot of ways, it kind of feels like a, do you remember like, I don't know, 20 years ago when DVDs used to release like the amazing special editions that were just absolutely jam-packed with the features. You had to get like two DVDs. It was so packed. That's kind of what this feels like in terms of the additional content. So I think that if you're looking to buy an Ace Attorney game, this one is just really going to be worth your money. Yeah, and when you say full-length Ace Attorney games, I mean, these are these are not short ones. Each one of them is at least a 30-hour journey, and you get two in the same package for uh, $40 brand new. Um, but, uh, Nikki, when we were talking about planning out this episode, you, I think you, didn't you think originally this was just the first game? Yeah, these games are actually old. Um, so <laughs> I almost kind of forgot there was a second game. Well, they're not too old. <laughs> well, it, okay, listen, I had my own daily vigil moment when I saw that, like, the first game came out in 2015. Because it's like, oh my gosh, I was still, like, in my undergrad at that time. That's wild. Well, now I feel super old. How old was I in 2015? I don't even know how old I was in 2015. That's how long ago that was. I, I, I can figure it out with some mental math, but I, I do not want to figure that out. Um, but yeah, this is Ace Attorney Chronicles plural, which makes, and with this on top of all of the sweet extras that Capcom is giving us, uh, makes it a pretty compelling package overall. And because the number of connections to the main series are, you know, tenuous at best, main series, I should say, previous games, uh, this is maybe a really good first Ace Attorney for someone as well, even even though that is not the case for the three of us. It's really hard to beat this as a jumping on point in terms of there are a few little references, and if you played the the previous games, you're going to recognize them. But on the whole, it's an entirely new cast. And yeah, you're playing the ancestor of Phoenix, but not really. Like he's, it, there's no real connection aside from the two characters kind of look alike and they share a, they share a surname. I almost don't agree that this is a good starting point only because personally, I think this is the best in the series. But even if you don't think it's the best in the series, I find it to be like significantly better written than like, Ace Attorney 1 and 2, and depending on the kind of person, like, playing, they might get kind of, like, thrown off by going back to those original games and, like, that difference in writing. So you're worried that this might set the bar too high, and going back to to the older games... Uh, like, you know, the team hadn't quite figured themselves out as much. So not only will the writing and case design be inferior, but there won't be as many uh, incredibly detailed animations that, you know, were surprising me with every new case in Great Ace Attorney. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, the graphics make sense. I mean, I think this is visually, like, an insanely beautiful game. 
But like, even if you're willing to like overlook like, oh yeah, these were Game Boy Advance games. These are in 2D. Of course, they're different, like visually. Just the quality of the writing is insanely good in these games. Every case is so thematically strong and connected. The characters are so well-developed. The mysteries are really good. I really only had like one moment where I struggled to figure out the logic. Um, I can't think of a deus ex machina that happened. Okay, there is kind of one deus ex machina. You might you might want to call it Regina ex machina, in fact. <laughs> as close as you can get to God, at yeah. least in the English, at least in the Victorian England. <laughs> but, 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 Nikki, you do have a point. Um, I, I think this is one of the best written Ace Attorney games. The case design is good. The logic of the cases is, you know, you know, sometimes you have to deal with silly adventure game logic, but it's at least it's always there. It's like, oh, I have to check the newspaper one last time before I present it, or oh, I, I know that they mentioned this witness in the autopsy and the uh, and the witness statement, but I'm supposed to present only one of those two. Like, like, like there's, there's the ultra specificity that you get with adventure game puzzles sometimes, and that's in every Ace Attorney game, but it's not that bad in this one. And the strengths of Ace Attorney, which is the, uh, the very vibrant characters, the uh the, the the fun mysteries the good the good writing and dialogue the satisfaction of pulling off uh, a a successful case like all of those are incredibly strong form in great ace attorney chronicles uh and again i'm chronicles is the name of the collection the first one or you could call them great ace attorney one and two their the, their localized names are adventures and resolve technically i uh, uh and and going back to something jano said way earlier um the the uh, the second game does a much better job of resolving, uh, literally resolving uh, all of the threads from the first game in a way that might makes the first game maybe a little unsatisfying, but that just makes me think that oh the the second game is you know has more closure and is overall better, but they're both great. Yeah, the second game is such a direct sequel that I think that someone could pick up pretty much any Ace Attorney game and play it and they would enjoy itself because each one tells a self-contained story. I don't think that these games do. I think that there's a, I think putting them in a two pack was a very smart move because I don't think that either one of the games stands alone. I think the first one is, it's a good game, but I think it's, it's fairly weakened by the fact that there are so many plot threads that are unresolved. And the second game, I don't think you could play the second game without playing the first. I just don't think that you would or should. I think you'd be completely lost. As a package, together, I think they are one of the best Ace Attorney games ever made. As standalones, I don't think they stand alone. I, I you really have to play the first one to get uh, to get all the details in the second, especially since the, I mean the second case of the second game is a direct sequel to I think the third case of the first game, the uh, the um, the Sosuke Natsume one. Yeah, it takes place during the first game. Yeah, they flash back in the middle of a future back. It's it's. It's, it's a little narratively twisted, but um, I, I think there is a like, like they do endeavor to resolve some things in the final case of uh, of game one where, you know, there, there's a there's a plot with state secrets and wiretapping that isn't really present in the second game. And and they do have a, a suitably hateable villain for that final case of game one, uh, a good old Eggert Benedict, 
whose, whose real name is much less funny to say. Oh, Eggert, my man. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's my boy. He, he is very well dressed. That guy took a class in Ace Attorney pun game names. Um, I, I mean, if it wasn't for the absolutely fabulous uh, cape, bottle, and glasses of Barack Von Zeke's, um, good old Benedict would have been the best dressed uh, person in Ace Attorney 1, but the, the cape... I, I cannot handle that Alucard ass cape that Barack von Zeke's has for the, for the entirety of both games. I can't handle von Zeke's period. <laughs> it's it's like they took the menace of Manfred von Karma from the uh, from the first Ace Attorney, but then they gave him a personality more like Edgeworth's, where he is you know somehow cold, calculating, rude, and sassy all at the same time. But you end up having to having to defend him and befriend him. In a way that makes you think this this guy's made on the list of, of potential boyfriends. He ha- he has, and and there are, there is a list in these games. There he is. Oh my god! Listen, I love him. Nikki, did you just drop? Did you just drop your headphones? Because you got so I, excited. I screech. I love him. Listen, you just you gotta understand, okay? So good. He's just so perfect. Listen, leg, but also yeah. Oh, oh God, I I mentioned the wine, but not the leg stomp. Oh, holy leg. crap! Oh my God! Listen, I uh, listen. That was like the the one of two things that I spoiled myself. The other one being the lie. But listen, if I hadn't prepared myself by seeing the leg beforehand, I think I would have gone. Like I would have transcended. I would not be able to complete the game. I would be gone from this existence the moment I saw the leg. Oh my god. To be honest, there were points when you were playing this game that I was actually getting somewhat concerned that you would do just that. Listen, this game is pain. It should have been set in France because I own a bakery now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, <laughs> listeners, uh, listeners, for those for those who are not of the francophone persuasion, uh, the word for the French word for bread, pain, is spelled pain, and this game spelled pain for Nikki multiple times during her playthrough. <laughs> okay, I'm good now. All right, are you sure? Oh, bon pain. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure at all. But that uh, that that struck me as very funny. <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, sacre bleu. It's time to get back to the podcast. Um, th- th- this game does betray the player a little bit by teasing this, frankly, awesome relationship between uh, the main character Ryosuke Naruhodo, who's obviously a, a, a an ancestor of Phoenix Wright, and his best friend Kazama Asogi. And is it, is it Kazama or Kaz- or Kazuma? Kazuma. Kazuma. Right. Sorry. Uh, uh, there, there is a an important Kazuma and Kazuma in in the Yakuza games, and I I, I have mixed them up for the past year of playing Yakuza games. That's a, that's neither here nor there. But let's let's talk about the Kazuma in Great Ace Attorney. He's uh he's sort of your ally mentor character for the very first case of the game when you're always you know uh, battling against a member of the Payne Ouchy family. Uh, that's Payne spelled P A Y N E and not like and not like French bread, but uh. And and it's um, Kazuma is about to engage on a, an exchange program to learn from the uh, to learn from the British uh, law system, but on the way over, he uh, appears to be killed in an accident in uh, in a, in a story that is the first time they twist around a Sherlock Holmes short story, one of several times where, where you meet the. Uh, the, the Sherlock Holmes facsimile Herlock Sholmes, which is the same name that Maurice LeBlanc used for his facsimile of, of, of Holmes in uh, the 
in the old Arsene Lupin uh, short, uh, short stories from around the same time. He didn't get sued, so hey, Capcom figured they could get away with it. Oh no, he he got sued to hell and back. It was the uh, it was one of the first high profile intellectual property cases in history. Really, I thought that th- I thought he was getting sued, and then he changed the name because of that. Uh, yeah, it's it's sort of like that. Like he was getting sued. He uh the, he um, he either was already using Herlock Sholmes or immediately changed it to Herlock Sholmes. But whether uh whether the Conan fam the Conan Doyle family got uh, or I should say Doyle family whether the Doyle family got a payout from it or not, it was very high profile at the time and did you know not necessarily set the first precedent, but was an important intellectual property struggle. But uh, and and again, he also used the name John Wilson instead of John Watson. Which uh, which uh, Great Ace Attorney also does, but uh, like uh, um, back to the case, um, speckled the speckled band is one of the uh, most famous uh, Sherlock Holmes short stories where the culprit ends up committing murder once and almost committing it a second time by releasing a snake into a room through a ventilation duct. But and in the second case of Great Ace Attorney one, there is a snake that goes through a ventilation duct, but. In a semi-twist, the uh, sort of the events of the case end up playing out in a different way, where uh, there's a cat and a st- and a stowaway ballerina, and Kazuma trips and falls and badly injures himself, going into a coma. And the player believes that Kazuma uh, died from this accident, but he ends up coming back in the second game, which I, I think Nikki is what you were referring to as the lie. Yeah. So yeah, that's the lie, right? Because when the first game came out. The only thing I saw, and I knew it because of the context of the Twitter account, but they made this post and it was, he lived. And this was before the second game. So I'm like, oh, it's fine. I can go into this game and I know he's not going to die. And then he dies. And I'm like, wow. You know, like those like middle school things. She believed he lied. That's that's how I felt. Like right through the Kokoro. I'm like, Soseki, you need to, you know, help me. Tasuka take Kudasai. My Kokoro is Brokoro. I can't go on. You know, it was it was too much for me. And I cried and I screamed and I yelled. And that's that's how I felt. Yeah, I I, I was surprised by this. I thought Kazuma would maybe have a character turn and become like the Edgeworth of the game. But then he he just straight up croaked and is not in the rest of Great Ace Attorney One. And I, I was and and is a presence over the whole game. And that was that's that stressed me out so much that partway through playing the first one, I, I did check spoilers like, is he is he really dead or not? And and they told me that he comes back in the second game uh, dressed like, I don't know, Crow from Persona 5 or Donny Osmond a little bit. But and uh, and so that that uh, relieved me somewhat. But the fact that they pull the rug out from under you with this character uh, is is a big shock. And that um, that leads to re, uh, to our hero, Ryanosuke taking Kazuma's spot, uh, learning um, the British legal system. And he ha- takes on uh, the uh, Kazuma's uh, childhood friend and legal assistant, Susato Mikotoba, as as his legal assistant. So, like, it's it, a lot of the first game is the Ryunosuke and, and, uh, and Susato show. Um, but they meet Herlock Sholmes, the somewhat foppish, definitely brilliant, definitely scatterbrained great detective who is maybe the most important npc that that uh, that doesn't take the stand with you in this game so and, and herlock deserves a discussion all his own i don't know i wasn't really surprised when he died because i remember this was a while ago for me but as i was playing the first game i remember thinking okay there's parallels here with the first ace attorney mia ends up dead i suspect that it's going to be a similar thing here where you gotta i mean basically he gets fridged 
as a motivation for the main character. Yes, and that is sort of what happened. But I was I was hoping that the game would be a little bit better than that. <laughs> like, and it turned uh, out to, it turned out to be better than that. Just no, it, tur- it turned it turned out awesome. Yeah. In the next game, yeah, and it, but also it puts it in, uh, this game in an, in an interesting historical context. I think I think the year that takes that this game takes place in is either 1902 or 1903 because that corresponds to the year that uh, Soseki Natsume was in England. Um, uh, so, listeners, uh, hopefully you uh, know this from playing the game. Um, Soseki Natsume is a very famous Japanese novelist. He wrote a book called "I Am a Cat" that is uh, like well known as a satire and is often taught in Japanese schools, and he. Uh, in real life, Natsume spent a year in England to study English uh, literature and had such a bad time that he w- that he never left Japan again after he after returning. And um, they twist that around by giving us two cases co-starring, or well, I guess two and a half maybe co-starring Natsume. That definitely highlights the awful time he had living in a cramped room in in, in London. But uh, ro- rolling that back, this game takes place in 1902 or 1903. Uh, Imperial Japan is on the rise. They had already modernized their military and beaten. Uh, I think this is after the first Sino-Japanese War, but before the Russo-Japanese War. So they were still looked at as a backwards nation a little bit by Europe, which, which again, stopped happening after Japan annexed Korea and then beat up Russia. But like you get that um, Easterners being treated as exotic and definitely some racist attitudes um, on the part of the European characters in this game. Like, like, like they, think, they think Easterners aren't trustworthy and that's especially true of a character we've already mentioned barack von zeeks who is the lead prosecutor of this game he's the he's the godot or the edgeworth or the francisca von karma what have you of this game uh and he does not like japanese people in a way that always came across as condescending and sometimes even worse than that i mean from the very first moment you recognize that this isn't just run-of-the-mill victorian racism there is something deeply personal going on here uh, as to why he is treating you like this. And I mean, he develops the begrudging respect for you over the course of two games. Like a lot of villain characters or rival characters do in Ace Attorney, but it rings especially true for the last two cases of the second game where uh, Kazuma comes back, not from the dead, but from his coma to be, uh, and, and he's dressed all in white while uh, Ryunosuke is always dressed in his black student uniform. And uh, you end up defending uh, defending Von Zeeks uh, from the establishment and a giant conspiracy with uh, Kazuma being in the prosecutor chair. And that was just an epic setup. I loved everything about it. Every day I cry. It works extraordinarily well, especially because the relationship at that up to that point has been, I mean, their relationship is foundational to everything that has Every action that has been done up to that point has been based around the idea that you are there to fulfill his mission. And all of a sudden, you're facing him across the courtroom. And it's just a really, really brilliant well, turnabout of expectations. Um, and it's it's painful in a lot of ways, as I'm sure Nikki will testify. Yeah. Oh, it hurts. Everything hurts. Everything about it is just like, oof, Ouch, owie. So where do we start? Do we start with when we reveal that Kazuma was not the Mia, but the Edgeworth? Do we, we do we start with uh, Von Zeeks also being the Edgeworth so he can have two prosecutor boyfriends? Where do we start with this? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, we're jumping around a lot and we're spoiling everything. But the, I mean, listener, I hope you gathered that because spoiler cast is right there in the title. I, I, I don't know. Um. My least favorite case in both games is probably the uh, the Natsume case from the first game, where the resolution is 
there was a husband and wife having a, f- a fight and a knife fell out of the window and landed in a lady's back. Like that's pretty contrived and a little dissatisfying. But then they like f- they give you a turnabout there and make that just the part one of a much, much more interesting case in part two where not to make it's framed again. And they bring in, uh, you know, uh, uh, u- utility charges into into the case, which, you know, is was a little bit surreal having that be li- literally part of my job. And uh, and and have and you know and hadn't had that twist into a a, a much uh, a pretty cool revenge story, um, also establishing Sosaki Natsume as the unluckiest NPC in uh, in Ace Attorney history, or maybe second unluckiest after old Larry Butts. Oh, I was going to say Maggie Bird. Yeah, Maggie Bird and and Larry Butts are both both have had their trials and tribulations over the over the years. Mm. But like every time this game seemed to do something that was confusing or foreshadowing it it paid off by the end of those last two cases with uh but they they give you like two edgeworths um uh strong strong heart is like is like half the the uh the corrupt judge from investigations two and half the and half von karma like because like almost the entire british establishment is the final boss of this game basically oh but he did the damn gant i knew it i knew from the beginning and he did it he did it he clapped for us let's go Oh my gosh! And, and um, but now that we're living in 2021 or 2017 when this game came out, th- there there were so many more frames of animation in that clap. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Can you believe he did it? We oh my gosh! I don't know. Listen, oh my gosh! I have to admit that I I mean I suspected him too. The second the second that he showed up, I was like, oh this guy is. I saw be that a- guy's <laughs> haircut, and I knew he was the final villain of the game. Yeah, it's like th- this is obviously not a protagonist. This guy is an antagonist. Um, I was, I was disappointed with the resolution of the game. I have to admit, of the second game. You do not like Herlock Sholmes dancing on top of of Strongheart's corpse. I I loved the ending of the sec- of the second game. Um, it like uh, uh, the the circumstances were ridiculous and who was ordering who to kill who plot contrivances got a little bit twisted, but the, like the, uh, the finale of, um, of, 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 uh, Sholmes coming in at the last second to save you twice with a listening device. Uh, and I'm like, I was already questioning the technology of this game because, because just, you know, personal photography was not at this level in, in, no. in, in the real 1902, but then they invent streaming video and holograms just for the final case. It went too far for me. Yeah. So, so, so Sholmes, <laughs> I, I couldn't do the suspension of disbelief. I was everything up to that point. I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. And the second they came up with holographic technology at the beginning of the 20th century, I was like, I can't do it. They could have done this with like, if they had done something like long-term walkie talkie or something like that, I would have been able to suspend my disbelief that far. And I would have been like, okay, Shlomes, he created a long-term communication. No, I mean, there, there was a walkie talkie with the, with the, with the bunny toys. Yeah. With the bunny toys. I was buying that. And I thought that if he could have done that, but the entire audio, the entire courtroom, and that was the reveal. It was, well, we weren't just listening to you. We were listening to everything. And the queen was listening too. But instead they gave the queen like a front row seat in the holodeck. And uh, I, I, it was a, I could not suspend my disbelief to that extent. I like the resolution, yeah, but yeah. So, so some version of a live video feed and then a live projected hologram. And then after that, uh, the one thing I wanted that they didn't give us is they did not give us um, Ace Attorney animated Queen Victoria. I, I wanted that. I wanted it too. It. Mm-hmm. it was sad that we didn't get that. But then he catches on fire. 
that breakdown was so good. Oh God, I I, I called. I know even though they aren't actually, uh, they don't actually kill anyone. I I, I refer to when a you know uh, when a witness or a villain breaks down when after they realize they can't win. I call those death scenes, mm-hmm. and we got a couple really good death scenes in this game. Um, but a, a more understated one when uh, Judge Jigoku is revealed as the killer of. Uh, of of um of, of the detective is it is it Grayson no Gregson Gregson no Greg, my Gregson. baby yeah, oh my god uh, I was not expecting Gregson Gregson to croak but I wasn't either I almost I swear to you okay Gregson let me can we just say for one second Gregson is holy moly listen at the end of the first game Gregson I hated him because he sold out Gina to my man Ashley and I was like you did not just sell out Gina to my man Ashley and then you know what he did he did this thing that we call character growth he did it with his own agency his own actions he took Gina under his wing gave her a reason to better herself and become a detective and we stand and I was like oh my god Gregson I don't hate you anymore you're a cool guy and then you know what he did he fucking died and I almost cried I was so legitimately upset I, I, I couldn't believe it either and then like uh, Gregson and Lestrade are, are, t- are both detectives that sometimes clash with Holmes in the Holmes uh, novels and short stories but to have him uh, Gregson as a detective who is sometimes your adversary, sometimes your best friend, he dotes on Iris, which is which is very cute every time. And but then for him to you know be a bit a bit more of an obvious ally when he starts to mentor uh, Gina, and then die, and then you learn about the circumstances of his death that he was an agent of the Reaper who was um, killing criminals in secret. It's like, it's, it, I, I didn't know what to think about him anymore. I was, I was th- completely thrown for a loop until like, when you see the, his, his last few scenes in flashback, you realize, Oh, this was a man that was in pain from all of this. And his actions at the end were his, his way of trying to, to make good. And, and, it just, and it just made me like him even more at the end. Exactly. He does something about it. It's not like, oh, he died and now, you know, oh, that's how he gets redeemed. No, he was working towards that redemption. He earned that redemption. Even though he was willing to sell out Gina in the first game, he bettered himself Oh my gosh. And then he was just gone. The end. And I was like, no, I'm sad. No, my fish and chips, man. And his, um, he, he eats so many greasy potatoes over the course of both games. Holy crap. They're like his, his potato munching animations were great. Um, but, uh, going back to the person that kills him, Jigoku, the judge from the first case of I the first game. I knew he was game, a bad guy the whole time, by the way. Again, I knew it. He has a bad guy beard. Those villain haircuts never, <laughs> ever lie. But, um, he ends up shooting Gregson before the fourth case, and you ended up having to fight him, find him in a uh, in an investigation sequence that I want to spend at least thirty five minutes on. But, oh my god! Yeah, but but um, going back, um, uh, Jigoku's death scene is he does a couple Ace Attorney classic hands slams on the podium, uh, so many and so intensely that he smashes the entire witness stand, and I loved every second of that because that's what he did before. Yeah, they mentioned him breaking one. 10 years earlier in a different trial and you see him do it again. And I loved it. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. This, this was a twist that I didn't see coming because this is a lot like, well, frankly, this is a lot like if like 
Gumshoe was murdered in Turnabout Big Top. It, and it's just like, I, I just did not see it coming. Or, well, I, I don't want to spoil this one, but it's kind of like the, the end game twist in, in, uh, Dual Destinies. But a um, little but, bit, yeah. Yeah, but, but a little bit less intense. Um, so many characters go on different journeys in this game. Um, like, like, uh, f- the whole time I'm thinking Sholmes is either a genius or an idiot, uh, who is, selfish like like the Holmes from uh from the books and and the Holmes of the benedict cumberbatch show but at the very end you realize that everything that he did from hiding stuff from iris to uh um to deliberately um like having kazuma sent back home but and instead of and faking his death and keeping it from ryonosuke and susado was like this is a guy who who genuinely cares but his personality is so eccentric and he enjoys keeping secrets so much that he doesn't always communicate it that well. And when when you get like the multi-hit combo at the end of Iris mis, um, believing that she was the daughter of John Wilson because of him signing uh, some documents that she found, and and accidentally making him because Iris Wilson is the is a genius um, tea brewer and inventor and writer somehow, and she's ten. Uh, like like so like in the world of this game. Uh, Holmes and Wilson are the stars of a series of short stories, and the the, the player is like, oh, obviously like Sherlock Holmes and John Watson, of course. But then you realize that because of some mistaken identity, um, Iris believes she's John Wilson's daughter. She's not, and believes that John Wat- John Wilson was Holmes's partner. He's not. It ends up being Miko Toba, Susato's dad, and a a beautifully mustached mentor character, and that leads to maybe my favorite part of the entire game, we get to play an investigation sequence, which are, you know, their own crazy brands of uh, 3D exploration and word association, uh, basically a mini game that you end up playing eight or nine times over the course of the games. Uh, but with, but with, um, but with Mikotoba, instead of Ryonosuke correcting um, Sholmes's crazy conjectures, and then he does a little tippy tap dance in between each one. And it's, it's, it's the best. I, I want a game that's only this. You're right. That's what I was thinking. You know why? Here's what they got to do. Capcom, I hope you're listening. This is what you got to do. We're going so past the, the next game is going to be Ace Attorney Investigations Negative One, and it's going to be Sholmes and Iris going to Japan. You're welcome. Anyways, oh my god. Ooh. Who is our first person perspective star here? Is it is it Iris? Is it Sholmes? Or do or, or are are we bringing it back to to Mikotoba again? Ooh, that's a good question. I would say Sholmes just because like I guess people would like that. But he's I, I like him as not the main character only because he does so much as an NPC. That's true. It could be Mikotoba. I, I like maybe it's just because I really like Mikotoba and he's like a, a a top four character in the game for me. But like I, I liked first person perspective him doing those investigations be, in a way because that is a lot like what the the best Sherlock Holmes stories are it's it's John Watson as the first person narrative and Holmes as this like amazing uh third party that with with uh Watson like treating uh like like looking at him with complete admiration and awe like like that that that's the vibe of a lot of the of, of all the best Sherlock Holmes stories like Sherlock Holmes is an untouchable genius and the main but and the first person main character is a little gullible but trustworthy so like like having a Mikotoba and Sholmes sequence at the end was awesome, but let's talk about those mini games a little bit. Like again, uh, Holmes is definitely brilliant for some of the stuff he pulls off, but also kind of not brilliant because whenever he does one of his great deductions, 
he gets so many details wrong that in the second half of the game, you do a course correction, basically, you know, changing words of the deduction to suss out what actually happened. And those were really, really fun, mostly because of the theater of them and because you're uh, and, and because, you know, the, the, the sort of search and find nature of them is, is fun to do, but really makes me makes it hard to figure out Sholmes because mm. like, is he a genius? Is he not? How much does he know? It turns out he knows a lot and maybe he's deliberately making mistakes to, so that so so that you can better understand the case. Yeah, he's trying to recreate the magic of working with Mikotoba, but he's not there, so he has to do it like this because Ryunosuke is not Mikotoba. I think Ryunosuke might be a little bit more smarter and capable than Phoenix Wright because oh, Phoenix yeah. because Phoenix Wright is is hella dumb sometimes over the course of those games. He's a bumbling idiot, but in a lovable way. Yeah, it was almost weird seeing him be smart and aloof for parts of Ace Attorney 4. Apologize, uh, 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 you, you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah. But, um, but like, Ryunosuke is a little bit more serious, uh, definitely intelligent, but also, you know, does has plenty of, of suffering and, and reaction shots in, in court. Yeah, his, his problem is that he has no confidence, whereas Phoenix's problem is he's never read a law book in his life. Right, yeah. Yeah, and I... I um, I believe in Ryunosuke's competence more than Phoenix's. And and we should mention uh, Phoenix's name in Japanese is Ryuji Naruhodo. So it, it's, a, it's a much clearer connection there. Which is something that I actually, it was the only, it wasn't even a problem I had with the game. I mentioned it in my review. It's that I, originally, I think a lot of people thought that the reason why this didn't get uh, localized earlier is because of the Sherlock Holmes issues. I don't necessarily think that's it because I think the, the Herlock Holmes solution uh, was obvious from the start. I just think that this is, I say in the in my review, that it's not just a prequel about Phoenix Wright's ancestor. It's the origin of how the entire Japanese justice system of the original game developed, because uh, the experiences in this game directly shaped, the court, uh, shaped that court. But since Ace Attorney takes place in California, uh, that direct connection is lost. And I feel that it lost a little bit of emotional resonance and like the stakes of it all, because in, in this game, you get to see how the court was built but it's not the court that we see, if that makes sense. I think maybe it, it would resonate more strongly if the original Phoenix Wright, uh, the, if all of the other Ace Attorney games had been localized uh, more literally, and, and we always knew they took place in Japan. I mean, that, that would Instead be good. Japanifornia, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and and that makes them a little bit less special, I think, because like the Japaniformia nature of, of the Ace Attorney games is part of their charm, I think. But... I, I I almost look at this as a as like yes, it informs what the court system becomes and like one that we recognize from the original games, but I I think it it stands on its own as uh as just a fun courtroom drama with the unique somewhat more unique setting of Meiji Restoration Japan because again this was the point in Japan's history when it was westernizing it uh, uh heavily again mostly from it like i know it mostly from a historical perspective of, of imperial japan and their military but it sort of fits that meiji japan would be doing this and it the historical context is is interesting at least and because i mean again the the final boss of uh of ace attorney investigations edgeworth is is diplomatic immunity and they they, they unfold that into this one a couple times and um but I think I think the historical context of this game is interesting, and the drama and writing is awesome. And uh, and e- even if it makes it seem a little bit more separate from the Ace Attorney games we 
know and love. I'm just so happy it's in my life right now because I, I I miss those oh, days. No question. Or, or the yeah, I miss those years where it seems like we were we were getting a new Ace Attorney like every two years or so because they they had a you know a bunch to trans a backlog of them to translate uh over from what well, when was it like when was the first Ace Attorney on DS localized like like oh five oh four maybe I think it was oh five I think it was released was it on Game Boy at, I think it was on Game Boy Advance in two thousand and one yes yeah but I'm like again speaking from a uh, from a um. Uh, a North American strictly perspective, like from say 05 to 17, it felt like we were getting one every year or two. And that was awesome. And I missed that feeling. And it was so much fun going back to these. And at Slosi, I am in no way, shape or form saying that this is not a, I think it's an absolutely brilliant game. I think it's, like I said, I think it's probably one of the best games in the entire series. I just am, I'm just pointing out that we're missing that we're missing that direct connection between uh, the original games and this one because ours take place in America, whereas the original ones take place in Japan. That's all. But you see, but you do not observe. Here's where you're wrong. The key is in Sholmes himself. So in the original Japanese, where the whole series takes place in actual Japan, they have the real Sherlock Holmes. However, in the English release, it's Herlock Sholmes. It's an alternate universe branching out. And in this universe with Sholmes, that is when they become Japanifornia. And the reason why Sholmes always gets his deductions a little bit wrong is because all of the alternate universes stem from him. And so he is looking into the alternate universes when he is doing his deduction so he's hearing the echo of a neighboring universe that is conf- that, that is confounding his de- his deduction in our universe exactly he saw him eat the soap and he's just getting it confused so are we going into like a phoenix right into the ace attorney verse kind of thing going right now yes i'm actually down for that yep so sholmes no iris is the star child we got it i'm telling you this is all very meticulously planned out you can't see me doing this but i'm slamming both palms on my desk very emphatically don't break it that's apparently that apparently that's a uh, that's a crime that you will get thrown in jail for or possibly deported from Victorian England. This is a very old and crappy desk, and and if I go to court over this, they will probably give me money somehow. <laughs> but uh, one thing that we've mentioned a couple times that I still were, blew my mind every time was how lush these animations are. Like I I, I feel like. I, I feel like I'm um, going back to the I think third case of the first game. They didn't have to have the maid wife pour tea onto her husband's cup to, only for it to overflow and have him flail ever, everywhere. They didn't have to do that 15 times, but they did. <laughs> like, like, like all these animations feel like they were like a second too long, but in a way that like you, you love their audacity for making that choice. You, you know what I mean? It's, it's like these animations are too long and drawn out, but they're impressive and they just wanted, you could tell they just wanted to do them this way. And I love them for it. Ugh. I, I I loved him. I loved the weird robotic moments of um uh, movements of the uh, the the engineer guy from Drebber, case three of the, my man. Yes, and they they, they took his name uh, as they did from a lot of different characters uh, from a from a minor character from uh, the Sherlock Holmes short stories. Where are we? I, I I love how when Ginny gets a dog named Toby, he gets like they meticulously animate him jumping into her arms, jumping out of her arms, sniffing and doing various puppy things. Like this game feels over animated, but in a way that is like, 
just made me love it more instead of be annoyed by it. When boyfriend one Von Zeeks throws the chalice and boyfriend two Kazuma is next to him, he will duck a second early because he sees it coming. Oh my God. Oh my God. Listen, when he throws the wine into the into the gallery or whatever it's called oh my god when he points when he points and he does that build up and it seems like he's gonna just smack you but then he slows down oh my god anyways yeah yeah, yeah Braun, uh, barack von zeke's points are way slower and more deliberate like in, exactly. like in, 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 a, in a way in a way that he's like like, like creeping up on you and they don't have him just smash his chalice he smashes it in his hand or throws it into the fire or throws it into the fire to have his assistant duck when when Cosmo's his assistant for a couple cases or he takes the bottle and throws it over his shoulder um or he does the uh, or he does the, um the the, the leg stomp leg um, oh my god leg <laughs> listen oh so my god leg listen leg that's it best game 500 out of 10 best game of all time leg they have uh parts where Ryonosuke paces back and forth in front of the jury and they never have that perspective of the defense attorney in previous uh in previous ace attorney games he also has legs they all have legs and there's some major sword play also in this in in this there's there's legs and swords and i and monocles um the, the swords the, touched anyways whoa it's true <laughs> at the end of the game the swords touch it's true i saw it it was right there and the final move of the game is finding a secret haiku and then searching your uh the last piece of evidence to like to unscrew it to find the hidden will it's it, it is so beautifully mystery novel convoluted that i loved it it's in the sword anyways listen oh my god <laughs> listen can we talk about this this was the biggest brain play that they ever did okay i'm gonna tell you the more, biggest more than me brain. Tap dancing because listen, i don't know oh my god that was big brain but this is like galaxy brain let me tell you so kazuma does a bye-bye and you're like Oh no, does that mean he's the Mia of the game? But then you get the flashback where he says, My sword cuts through evil. And you're like, Uh oh, that's Mitsurugi, the sword that cuts through evil. That's Edgeworth. So he's going to have a great revival like Edgeworth. And then you know what they did? This is the galaxy brain part. They combined the two. So not only does Kazuma have a great revival like Edgeworth, but his outfit is way too tight, just like Mia's biggest brain play of all time. Absolute god-tier development. He's the Mia and the Edgeworth. Yes! Oh Mia, my god! This game, this game has less supernatural elements than the other phoenix wright games do because there there isn't there aren't any uh um there isn't any body possession or magatamas but everyone can read ryunosuke's mind though it's based in science well quote unquote science yes we're we're, we're, we're having 1903 holographic projectors in live video <laughs> listen it's fine because listen that whole game has like okay the big themes were like the future and trust in the law but also journalism and the spread of information because journal articles and the way people receive information was a big thing in every single case and then in the last case it was the future hologram thing which is like the more advanced information giving 
And then Sholmes dances on the body of Strongheart. So, I mean, it's great. I, I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we went we went from uh, telegrams to dancing holographic projections in the in the same case in, in perhaps 20 minutes apart. All I'm going to say is that they had the little bunny. Right. And he pulled the bunny's ears and it pulled on Sholmes ears. Right. But then Sholmes pulled on the ear of on his little thing. But what did Ryunosuke say? Wow, it pinched my butt. So thanks, Sholmes. I know what you're up to. I know what you're trying to do, huh? Okay, I see how it is. That's all I'm going to say. Their, their elementary walkie-talkie, instead of using a tone, has uh, sympathetic rabbit pinching. So uh, did Rinosuke make a mistake putting it in his pocket instead of in, instead of in his ear? Or Sholmes knew he would do it. This was the whole plan. He, he planned knew, this he all He knew out. he was going to put him in that rear pants pocket. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Sholmes is a step ahead of everybody. He is on this whole other level. Oh my god. I'm going to cry. Everything about this game is so good. There are a few things in it that I would argue uh, <laughs> didn't land properly, but on the whole, I agree with you. The game is incredible. And and I think um, there were still... Uh, I, I think they sort of over-talk sometimes. Like, they'll have something will happen in court and then three people will will uh, react the same way or or repeat what was said in a way that you know you know like so, sometimes you feel like a, a, a book that's a 200 pages long could have done could have been 190 and been ju- and been just fine like i i sometimes think there's a slightly overwrought dialogue in the ace attorney games not just this one but in several of them mm. and i felt that a little bit but I, I think they've also streamlined the design a little bit there's less pixel hunting because sometimes in the previous games, you couldn't move on until you found that one little thing in the environment. And they communicate that these things, like small things like that, way better in this game. It's, it's the, uh, the, the the game design for an event flagging is a little bit less oppressive in these. But that, that's just that, that's making the game design gentler while while still, you know, like having the player feel like they're accomplishing something. They all, They do one thing that is, again so outside the realm of what real courts do that it, it it made me twitch a little bit you don't go up to jurors individually and demand they explain why they feel a certain way <laughs> that's the antithesis to a jury trial but but having like uh but but like having multiple points of view and then and then find, having them contradict like, like th- that was a enough of a change to the puzzle gameplay that i thought it was a, at least a fun um, addition of some variety. I, I don't think this game innovates from previous Ace Attorney games in structure or or narrative design that much, but it's just one of the best of one of those, especially the second game. That um, that I, I I don't know what Ace Attorney game I would recommend first to a first time player. It, it still might be the original trilogy because it may, but that might be nostalgia talking because I haven't played those in a decade. I played the first one again, not recently, but a few years ago and it's it's still really good. Okay, even the even the the dregs of the Steel Samurai case. <laughs> well, everything has its low points, but this game does too. Um I feel that there are a lot of uh a lot of things that were introduced in this game which I really really liked which I was let down by. Like, okay, the one that actually bugged me the most, which I was really hoping for was the first case of the second game, uh, The Adventure of the Blossoming Attorney, where Susato becomes, like, she masquerades as a uh, as a male student, so 
she can stand in court as a defense attorney. I, I was never more eager to see someone's look in this game than when we f- when we first hear from her from a first-person perspective and mm-hmm. then a little bit later get a trial perspective. I wanted to see those pants. Oh my god, what a case. She got married. I'm so proud of her. Yes! Her best friend wants to be more than friends. Yes, oh my god. You see the parallels? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. My problem with it was that It was a beautiful setup. She had this moment of triumph where she succeeded in court in a way that she had never gotten the opportunity to because she was always, uh, she was always a counsel. Um, And that was it. That plot point never came into play at any other point in the game. Like I was thinking this might've just been me writing fanfic in my head, but I was hoping that given the somewhat more women can hold positions of authority in the English, uh, in the English law system, I was really hoping that she would get to stand as a lawyer at some point in England um, because I felt they set it up and then they just kind of let it drop off and it didn't really pay off at anything. Her, th- I thought they set up a really interesting uh, c- piece of character development and they just didn't go anywhere with it. She just kind of ended up back where she uh, started in the first game, which was standing as counsel and say, making suggestions rather than you know being the one who screams objection. I felt that was a missed opportunity. So the, the game could have taken a more empowering stance if they gave her even just one case. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was a, the, the head of forensics was a woman and like the chief mortician. And like, in my mind, it would have made sense if obviously she wasn't allowed to stand in the Japanese court as a woman, but I can't think of a reason why they couldn't let her do it in the English court. Well, no, but the English court also mentioned that they forbade women. I know, but that's a matter of writing. And considering how many other powerful women were in positions uh, in the legal profession in the English court, I just don't see why they could, why she couldn't have stood. It, it just seemed weird to me that they said that they brilliantly set this up. They created a brand new character model. They gave her this position of power where she finally got the. Uh, the form to show what she can do when she is uh, unrestrained from being the assistant or the counsel. And then they didn't go anywhere else with it. They didn't do anything else with it. It just kind of, it, it just felt like they needed an opening case for the game so they could teach the, they, so they could reteach the mechanics. Yeah. And the only person that was kind of available was her. And I think it was, I mean, the adventures of the blossoming attorney. Yeah. She blossomed. And then that was it. And I felt that was a massive, massive missed opportunity in the game yeah that's fair i feel like maybe maybe they could have um you know rewritten the second case to be not a flashback but like a oh i'm here now and i'll i'll do this case while you convince strongheart to get your uh license back or whatever they, they could have done that or even given her like half of the third case um be, oh that would have been if, so funny if they, if they had if they uh if Rionosuke had been put out of commission, even even if it was her taking on her uh, her disguise as his cousin again, yeah. Um, but uh, but I I think that the Rionosuke versus um, Kazuma scenes are really crucial, and even though the game sort of does the uh, Ace Attorney Justice for All thing, where the final setup ends up being basically the prosecution and defense and witnesses working together to take care of a third to to take care of a third party, mm. uh, avoiding some spoilers for a. Uh, 14 year old uh, DS and GBA game but <laughs> the uh, there were missed opportunities and um, and and some disappointments about this but I but I, I thought that the final plot was so strong and the arcs of Kazuma and and von Zeke's 
and Sholmes and Iris, like like uh, everyone in this game, like you feel their growth, and you f- and and I feel like everyone contributed to the story in, the, in like there isn't a lot of wasted space except for a couple one-off witnesses like the like, like the red-headed league but uh, I, I thought they got a lot out of this medium-sized cast and that and i was again i was consistently uh, impressed by the writing and those over-the-top wild animations oh man Ugh. I could not get enough of them. I couldn't. Slow see, Nikki, I, I can't remember. Have you two played Ace Attorney versus uh, uh, Professor Layton? Yes. I have, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the witch trials are a little bit like the um, the, the jury the juries in this game. But um, I, I, I thought, like, uh, we don't need to go too deep into that game. I thought that game was like the, the Phoenix Wright parts and the Layton parts didn't go far enough and ended up being like an okay version of both series. But, but it's not bad. But it's not bad. I agree 100%. But I would say that m- much of the Phoenix Wright sections do feel a bit like a prototype for this game. Yes. The, the, the witch trials with individual jurors do feel like the um, uh, the, the jury segments in uh, in, in, in Great Ace Attorney. That, that, I, I definitely felt that. And the aesthetic. And correct me if I'm wrong, but was that the first time Phoenix was actually modeled in 3D? I think so. I think I... Um, it came up before Spirit of Justice, I think. I know that um, Shu Takumi's team, the, the creator of Ace Attorney, worked on that game, and then he started on Great Ace Attorney while sort of a Capcom B team made uh, Dual Destinies and Spirit of Justice. Uh, uh, Takumi's listed as like an exec producer, but not a writer or director of Ace Attorney 5 or 6. So I, I think that might be part of why Great Ace Attorney feels like a bigger production than those other two 3DS games. Uh, but but again, we are playing a remastered version, so maybe that's influencing me a little bit too. But 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 regardless, I think Great Ace Attorney is probably a must play if you're like us and have played most or all of the Phoenix Wright games and and just love these. But if you're if it's your first time playing, this is still not a bad choice just because. The narrative is so strong and doesn't have that many ties to the other games. Like, like it's a fair first choice, but I think a necessary uh, game for fans. Because uh, uh, Nikki, like, if we were ranking the boyfriends in this game, but how how high would we could we go? Twelve? Oh my god! Listen, 15? so like, listen, Von Zeeks, I think is like probably my favorite prosecutor now. Um, Cosmo is probably like my second favorite prosecutor. I really like Godot, but I think I think that Von Zeeks is is a top three guy now for me. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. yeah but but Godot is still my number one, just be for for many reasons. Yeah, and I mean like, oh my gosh, you know, I think what really made me like realize this game has not only the best boyfriends, but just the best writing and the best crying, is that I had my own like hopes. For how the story would end up. I had my own hopes for like. What are they going to tell us about Clint? What are they going to tell us about Genshin? And I didn't get what I wanted. And it was better than what I wanted. Even though it hurt more. And I think that's really a good thing. Yeah. And again Clint and who is uh, Barak's brother. And Genshin who is Kazuma's father. Are characters that we only meet in flashbacks because they're both dead at before the start of the game. Shades of Gregory. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our views of them and what we think they did versus what actually happened evolves over the course of the game. That I, I, I thought was just, we're, we're just, it was just really smart writing. Like again, the 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 writing in these games can be very can be very twisty, very uh, very convoluted, but it, it it felt like a satisfying conclusion that and that it was that was always you know getting players uncertain and recontextualizing itself 
but ultimately was just really good. This is this is this is a good mystery story. There's some really like amazing parallels between Von Zeeks and Kazuma. And I just think that this game really, and the first game too, the first game did this very well. The second game, even better. The idea that good people can do bad things and those things aren't mutually exclusive is absolutely wild. Um, uh, There's very few characters who are clear-cut you are actually a despicable human being. Even Strongheart, it's, you know, Ryunosuke realizes he really wants to fight crime and he really wants crime to stop and he really cares about forensic science and um, that doesn't make anything okay. But he's not a 100% bad person. There's, It's just so uh, amazing how they managed to capture that and then make these parallels, not just with like, oh, the characters from the first two games in the series. No, like parallels with each other. Um, like Von Zeeks ends up having a really good parallel with Ryunosuke uh, from Von Zeke's first case to uh, episode three of the first game with Ryunosuke. Um, and it's all thanks to Strongheart. Thanks, you jerk. But anyways, I mean, like, everything is so connected. Every thread is so thready. Like, it's it's just every case plays off of each other. And, like, holy moly, it's so good. Uh, I cried. And, and I love how they made Strongheart's character not... Like, obviously a despicable villain, but also him so deliberately keeping his hands clean. He never killed anyone. He always manipulated others into killing for him. And then he defends his actions as being for the good, greater good of London and eventually even has the chanting crowd supporting him only for when you take a step back and uh, it's like, hey, the queen is, has been listening to your plot all along and listen to yourself. You're You're justifying murder just to frighten other criminals then then you sort of like the crowd goes from cheering for him for realizing the horror that they're cheering for and then watching uh strongheart take a spectacular fall in his death scene the cheer is insane the breakdown is insane and that's it it's the truth you we do not need to be in the darkness, to fight the darkness, and then I cried. But you want to know why that's brilliant? Not only because it's brilliant, but did you notice, now I'm just going to say it, if you went, you know, to Von Zeke's little prosecutor office and you inspected everything like the good little inspectors you are, you're going to see he has a bunch of bats. And they do the animation where they come at you and it's like, oh snap, this is some Scooby-Doo level, bats are attacking me. But what does Strongheart have? Doves. Oh my god! Anyways, oh, the cla- I'm gonna oh, cry. The evil one with like in white and the and the good one in darkness. Oh, the I'm doves in the back. I didn't. I didn't think every, about that. Every day I cry. Oh my god! <sighs> Anyways, this game is brilliant. You want to talk to me? Talk to me. I got all. I've got some Excel sheets. I'll talk to you about the themes. Uh, I'll talk to you about the future, the law trusting, the journalism, the dissatisfaction of the first game. Oh my God, everything is connected. I I do want to look into the future a little bit. Uh, Nikki, you postulated the game that maybe a future game could be Holmes and Iris, uh, I'm sorry, Sholmes and, and Iris visiting Japan and going on an adventure there with, with, you know, 
maybe a third party is the main character, maybe one of them being the main character, maybe Ryunesuke coming back as the main character. Uh, we don't really know what's happening next for the Ace Attorney franchise. They've been quiet a little bit recently, although uh, Capcom does have a big presentation at TGS uh, later this month, which I'm really excited for. Not just Fingers because, crossed. Yeah, not just because I want I want some new monsters in Rise. But um, like, like, what would be, not necessarily our fan game, but, but what would be a game that, for the future of Ace Attorney that would get you the most excited? I mean, most excited? Because the reason why I say Investigations is mostly because, one, maybe then they could remaster Investigations 1 and 2 and we can finally get 2 in English. But also because I feel like it's kind of hard to follow this up. So an investigations game would like temper people before the next game. Uh, but oh my god, can Athena get her own game? Thank you. Yeah, she her one case in Spirit of Justice wasn't bad, but it, it felt like her it felt like a token case for her, and, and I, I, that was that was disappointing to me. Yeah, she needs like an actual game. I love that case, but I mean like yeah. that doesn't make up for like. She needs a game. Yeah, no, I, I really, really like Spirit of Justice, but that that is Apollo's game, and Athena needs her own right. game. Um, yeah, but uh, for me, I, I think I want uh, I, I I want to st- to still live with these characters because I'm I've grown I've gotten very attached to many of them, and I want a game with uh with with Holmes and his investigations, maybe with uh, Mikotoba, maybe with the original cast back interacting with the Karine clan. I want them to bring the supernatural stuff and spirit medium stuff from the older Phoenix Wright games Ooh. into into this cast and this setting. That's interesting. I would like to see the contrast between the rationalist Sholmes and, well, magic. Yeah, like like, like, like him, uh, Sholmes encountering spirit medium magic or, or, or Iris or any of them and having those systems interact, maybe with a, you know, maybe introduce a new kind of... Um, of, of mini game to, you know, uh, to, to break down a witness kind of, kind of like Apollo's, uh, bracelet or, uh, or Athena's emotional analysis. But like, like I, I want to see them. I, I want to see those things interact the, the supernatural parts of old trilogy with, uh, with great ace attorney. What about you, Jonah? I'm just thinking about what you just said. I'm trying to figure out when was Amy Faye. She was the founder of the Faye clan and I can't remember when she lived, but that would work. If she uh, if she was at the beginning of the 20th century, I know she's she has the urn in the second game er, in the second game, but I can't remember when she lived. I, I would have to check the wiki for plot details from Spirit of Justice to verify that. I, I don't remember all. I don't yeah. remember every detail. Uh, they, they, they could they could move this to a new city, new continent, new century. I would be interested in whatever they do because I think that Shu Takumi is just a hell of a puzzle adventure game writer. Because lest we not forget, he also did Ghost Trick Jono, hmm. a game that you and I know very well. Oh, I actually that reminds me of something I wanted to mention to you. Did some of the uh, some of the moves in the investigative uh, theater sections remind you of anything? Uh, a, a, a little bit. Um, there was some there was some dramatic gestures and dancing cop flashbacks. Yeah, I loved that. But mostly, I just love I just love the finger snapping. And dramatic lighting of those of the of the of the great deduction course correction sec- sections, which were really they were they were never challenging, but they were really really fun. Yeah, I mean they weren't supposed to be challenging. I don't think they were supposed to be cinematic. The game only got really challenging when you have like four pages of evidence in the last couple cases, and you're just and you're sort of combing through everything to make sure you that the the right peg is fitting into the right hole. Mm. But uh, this game was not super hard, and again, I don't think it was that specific. I mentioned that there's way less pixel hunting. And uh, and and easier narrative to follow during the investigation segments. Yep. Uh, what would I like to see in the next Ace Attorney game? To be completely honest, I mean, I'd love to see a uh, Great Ace Attorney three 
uh, I think the investigation an investigations uh, game based around Sholmes would be really, really cool. I kind of want there to be a new story. I would really like to see a reboot set taking place in the same world as Ace Attorney, but not necessarily starring Phoenix, basically kind of like a judgment for Ace Attorney. So it takes place in the same world, everything's identifiable, but it can tell a completely new story. And alongside that, I would like to see, uh, I'd like to see a solution to the, I know the solution to this problem and I'm presenting the piece of evidence, but it's not the piece of evidence that I should present yet. So the game doesn't want me to. I'd like to see a solution to that problem with some branching paths. Maybe if you present a piece of evidence here instead of a piece of evidence there, you unlock different kinds of uh, testimony. Yeah, for as many menus you navigate and uh, options you choose, these games are very linear. So if there was ever a, a way to design cases that there was more than one solution would be really, really interesting. But that that that, that is, opens up some game design questions that I cannot answer. Absolutely. But I mean, I think it would be really, really cool. Like in this game, this game sort of set it up in the, gosh, was it the third or the fourth case? Oh, you mean when Sholmes said, go after the truth, even when uh, it seems like you have it. And then she, uh, she gives the, I confessed already. You definitely don't need to figure out anything else, right? That's what you're talking about. It's what I'm talking about. I would have liked to have seen that, but I would like to have seen it made less obvious to the point where you actually could miss it. And then maybe like things unfold there. Maybe that makes your the follow up cases more difficult. Maybe that's. Mm. I mean that's fair, but I feel like they did that because they this is really when they start hinting like oh oh Sholmes is uh Sholmes got something going on. He thinking he actually really been thinking thinking emoji Sholmes. That's what he's been doing. I agree, but I'm not specifically talking about this case. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying. I'm just saying at that point, if it was another Ace Attorney game. Wouldn't it be cool if you could reach that point in another case, and if you didn't dig deeper, if you didn't present the right piece of evidence, you wouldn't come to the full conclusion to the case? I'd like to see that. And you could still make your way to a perfectly acceptable conclusion to the game, but I think that would add some replay value to it. That yeah. if you wanted to get, like, I don't know, if you wanted to be able to unlock the final case or something like that. Yes and no. I, I, I sort of don't agree with that, because I, I think that that would mean having three times as much writing in the game only for the player at having to replay the game to see more of it. Uh, it it would add replay value but make but make the narrative way less satisfying if it's not as crafted and specific as it is as a, in a single track. I I actually like linear games a lot of the time because I think that gives the authors as much control as possible over the narrative and allows them to use, you know, literary di- um devices and dialogue in a specific way that serves the story better. I I it would be a completely different game if there was branching paths and alternate outcomes to cases. And I'm not a hundred percent sure I want that. Although that is a really interesting game narrative design. I feel like it could probably be fixed that there were no branching paths until the final case, because up to that, that means you don't have to replay the whole game. You just need to play the final case in order to figure out the things. And up to that point, it could be linear, but I would like to see a little bit more varying paths in cases. Like if you present like, you have two pieces of evidence. If you present one piece of evidence, you can follow one one train of logic. If you present another piece, you could follow another train of logic. And just really, really open it up like that. And I agree with you, Mike. That would, again, it would make things much more complicated. But I think that's where the game logically wants to go next. No, what they want to do next is make it so that you can pick which prosecutor is your boyfriend. And then you get like the super mm. secret ending where you date both of them. That's where it's going next. Depending on what you pick, 
in the in the courtroom they be like swooning over you that's all i'm gonna say that's that's the next logical step for the series okay so whether it's branching paths or dateable rivals and villains or similar games in new with new characters or places there, there's a lot of interesting ways that ace attorney can go ahead can go forward and i i haven't been following the, i have not been following the news that closely but uh i I don't know what Shu Takumi's team is doing. I hope he's. I'm hope he's still with. He hasn't like left Capcom or something. But there's uh, with with the first new game in several years coming out. I think there's more excitement around Ace Attorney in the West than there has been in a while, and that is just really exciting. It's I I I, I love these games. I want more of them. These two were awesome, but do but the second one does really predicate on playing the first one. You you can't play them out of order, but put together are one of the best Ace Attorney experiences. Are do we do we basically agree? Or I completely agree, and I think that part of the joy of playing this, if you have been an Ace Attorney fan for years, is the way that the game plays with the archetypes of the characters. Like who's the Edgeworth? Who's the who's the Mia? Who's the like and it, who's the Pearl, for example? And it plays with those expectations in a really really smart way. And in Nikki's case, maybe. A cruel way. Yeah, no, that was the whole point, right? Because like, you know, it's what are these games about? What is the Ace Attorney series about? It's about trust. And, you know, just like in the beginning, you can't quite trust Sholmes's deductions. You can't trust yourself because you are going into it with these certain expectations in mind. But surprise, they were both Edgeworth all along. Yeah. To me, these games are about the pursuit of truth and justice. And all the major characters in this game went uh, like had their own idea of justice and approached it a different way. And Sholmes's approach was to be fast and loose with the truth, but ultimately being maybe the most shining example of truth of, you know, someone seeking truth and justice of anyone. I, I, I there's so much to these characters I'm almost just more inclined to play another game with a lot of the same cast because they're they're I like them so much. But anyway, if we're talking about metaphors of truth and justice and boyfriends and that and linear paths, we are maybe talking about a different game. So I think it's time to end the episode. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for um, this myriad uh, winding discussion about the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Uh, I thought these games were great. I wholeheartedly recommend them. We've spoiled basically all of them. So if you uh, if you came into this podcast cold and we're expecting a, a slightly vaguer tone, we're sorry, but not sorry. Uh, but I'm, I'm also, but also thank you, Nikki and Jono for, uh, how do I put this? Um, putting up with me for this podcast. Cause I, I delayed the recording a couple times. I was a, uh, um, it was, this one was a little challenging to schedule, but I'm glad we were able to come together and talk about this game that all three of us uh, really, really liked. Mike, it was a 70 hour game and you're playing like seven other games for the podcast. It's giving you a little bit of flexibility is the very least that we could do. Thank you for listening to my testimony and all the evidence I provided of how, um, Rinosuke is married to Von Zeeks and to Kazuma. Thanks. You know, uh, I now declare them a uh, yes married. I would press that statement for more information, but I think we are uh, sort of in the housekeeping phase of the podcast right now, and I think we should move it along. Um, the rest of September we already have lined up. Next week is going to be another fantasy draft podcast, this time for uh, characters and monsters and what have you of the Persona series. So a Persona fantasy draft coming next week. After that, we are doing another quiz show episode. This is our fourth quiz show in about three years. And I still have a lot of questions to write before we record those. So um, I know 
part of what I'm doing for the rest of, for the rest of my evening. But also in September, we're doing two episodes on Persona 2 Eternal Punishment, which was a PS1 game uh, that is the second half of the Persona 2 du- duology. We got the first half in the 2010s and the second half in the 2000s. It's a little confusing, but we're going to navigate all of it. Uh, and uh, that is a hell of a of an Atlas story. So I'm, um, I'm really excited to talk persona two on this podcast in a couple of weeks, but we also have uh, parts of October planned out. Uh, the October game journal game is cosmic star heroine, which is somehow one of the most and least retro games you've ever done because it is a relatively newer game at around, uh, I think it came out in 2016 or 2017, but it is styled after the 16 bit games of yore. So it is a modern game with some old school sensibilities that I, uh, that I started many years ago, but never finished. So I'm going to um, use a clean save file to play through cosmic star heroin next month and then talk to y'all about it. But listeners, if you want to um, email us about persona two or cosmic star heroin or the great ace attorney or fantasy drafts or Alex Trebek, you can just email retro at rpgfan.com. You can also comment on RPG fans, message boards or, uh, or, or uh, front page stories, visit our Facebook page, our Instagram page, our Twitter, our discord, our YouTube, our Twitch, something streaming or appearing just about every day on all of those things. Uh, retro encounter is also not the only podcast on RPG fan. We also have random encounter, mostly about randomness, mostly every two weeks of which you, Jono are one of its hosts. Indeed I am, and uh, we are actually moving the podcast to alternating Mondays now. We used to post on like Friday, Saturday, but now it's going to be every second Monday, uh, alternating with Rhythm Encounter, which I spec you're just about to talk about. Indeed I am. Random uh, Encounter is uh, one of our flagship podcasts. Our third is Rhythm Encounter about RPG music, uh, with Random and Rhythm owning Mondays and uh, retro posting usually Thursday or Friday. It looks like we're going to have a pretty consistent two podcasts a week schedule for those um, on the RPG fan main page. But in addition to those three, we have a fourth podcast, Phoenix Edge, our partner podcast, mostly weekly, mostly about current events, but they talk about a lot of different things on that show. So please listen to Random Encounter, Retro Encounter, Rhythm Encounter, and Phoenix Edge and review all of those on your preferred listening venue, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, Podcatcher, Pod something. I'm, I'm sure you're listening to us somehow. Please rate and review us and provide feedback. We love feedback. But uh, let's give the listeners another way to provide feedback to us at a more individual level, starting with you, Jono. Sure, you can find me at, at uh, Jono Logan on uh, Twitter, or you can, uh, if you if you listen to Random and you want to send some uh, an email to us to answer a question on the show, send it to uh, podcast at rpgfan.com. And Nikki, how can listeners find you? I'm on Twitter. At Otome underscore Nikki, O T O M E underscore N I K I. There's only one K. If there were two, that would be a diary. Indeed. Uh, and um, oh boy, uh, I have read a manga called Mirai Nikki, and that is one of the more disturbing manga I've ever read. So uh, examine Japanese stories with Nikki in the title with caution, listeners. Oh, but that's because it's that's the diary. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a diary. I'm Nikki. Got it. So that was Jono, that was Nikki, and this is Solosi. You can find me on the, uh, social media most easily via Twitter. I'm at The Real Monsoon most of the time, at Evoca for Dogs other times. You can also find me on the RPG Fan Discord as Monsoon Mike. So uh, hold it. Thank you. Good night. Good luck. Von Zeeks did nothing wrong. <laughs>